Amen. Well, let me just take a few moments here, pray, and uh, we'll ask for God's blessing as we share the Word of God. Lord God, we thank you for your presence. I thank you for every person that is here today and those that will listen online, and I bless them. I speak a word of encouragement over them. And I thank you, Father, that you will speak in this moment through me. And Lord God, you will give me the words to share to your people what they need here today. Lord, we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that is here moving in our midst. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Well, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Mark chapter 4. And uh, we're continuing in this parable and on spirit, soul, power, stealing the word. And there's things usually I do kind of a way of introduction. And I hope this doesn't take too much time. But our foundation verse is Mark 4. Uh, one Mark 4, 1 through 20, kind of going to jump around. And, and, and I started off this series with the question, have you ever wondered or contemplated uh, why it seems hearing the word of God preached week in and week out, coming to church, which is great. And how many know going to church and attending it is biblical? Amen. Just want, you know, it's okay to hear a podcast online or hearing encouraging words, which I know all of you have, and you all have connections, and, and I do too, but there's nothing that is a substitute for coming together physically together as the church. That's just, that's, that's scriptural. That's scriptural, but you know, at times you feel, you go through these seasons and you're pressing in and you feel week in and week out, you hear the preaching and teaching and seems like nothing changes. And yes, you believe in your head, but, but you, you've lost heart. Something's going on, and, and, you, and let me just say this. Don't ignore that sign. Did you hear that? Don't ignore that sign of, what's going on? There's just kind of this funk. I mean, is it something I need to deal with? Is it, you know, what, what's happening? Just don't ignore that. And I said this uh, last week when we kind of pulled it up. A, a spiritual person. Somebody shout spiritual. Spiritual, spiritual person is not a weird person. In some charismatic full gospel circles, spiritual people are weird. And so what happens is we don't want to be associated with that because that's weird. And so then we throw the baby out with the bathwater and we just don't, you know what I mean? And, and we don't want to do that. But a spiritual person is one who lives according to and is led by their born again spirit. All right. Instead of their body and soul. And we've been sharing. We'll get in a moment here about that. And what does that mean? That means me, as a born-again believer, I need to pray. I need to worship. Come on, I need to read God's Word. I need to fellowship with God's people. Can I get an amen? That's what that means. That's up to me. That isn't up to you to make sure I do that. I have to do that. Does that work? No, I get to. And when you find out that it's your lifeblood for your Christian walk, why would you want to neglect that? Why would you want to? Amen? Yes. And so <laughs> you're responding this morning. That's good. And so here's the thing. In short, I need to cultivate an inner life that is greater than my external life. Amen. Did you get that? Yes. that? That's what has to happen. And that's what ha- happened with all of us. And I said this too also, that when your priorities and affections are out of order, your whole life's out of order. Amen. I mean, when you get up in the morning, how many know you should make your bed? <laughs> so we're going, oh, shoot, did he see my, no, but we wake our bed just, just 99.9%. My wife is great at it too. We make the bed. And if I walk by or whatever, and, and I see her there with the pillows, I'm coming in and I'm helping her make the bed. 
Why? There's something about making the bed in the morning that starts you off. It's the little things. If you got clutter and you're tripping over it, come on, somebody. And like, well, where is the toothbrush? You know, your life's out of order. <laughs> I don't know if that's biblical, but I don't know. It sounded true. It sounds right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Uh, so here's the thing. The more I engage the scriptures, the more I engage God. Amen. Did you get that? That's a fact. The more you engage the scriptures, the more you engage God. When I read the Bible, personally, I grow closer to the Lord. Even though I'm going through the book of Numbers, and -and so-and-so begat so-and-so, and so-and-so. But you know, there are nuggets even in that. God will show you even in that. As you're being faithful. As you're being faithful. You know, for some people, too, in reading the Word of God... Uh, I like to just systematically start from Genesis and then I, you know, I just go. So it may take me a year, year and a half, two years. Sometimes it could even take me even three years. I don't know to get through it. I like different translations of the Bible. But some of you may have apps that help you read something from the Old Testament. It doesn't matter. What matters is you're getting the word in you. All right? And so, but that's how I do it personally. And I, I grow closer to God. But when I skip or skim, I don't grow. Amen. And so we've been talking each week about the spirit, soul, and body, how this truth is, is revealed in the scripture that we as humans are made up of a, we have a spirit, you know, a soul in a body, and the spirit is what's going to live forever. It is that eternal part of us. This body is just the shell. It's like a uh, you know, the outside of a walnut, then is the nut inside. How many hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes we can act like nuts, but you know, you want to crack that shell to get the nut out. Well, that's the shell, the body. When it, our body dies, you know, our spirit lives. That's right. Yeah, all right. There's a lot of talk about what happens after life, after death. We don't know, just darkness. And, you know, maybe the thoughts in your mind come, whatever. Listen, the moment you breathe your last, you enter an eternity, yeah. there's a heaven and a hell. Yeah. That's, it's just it. And, 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 and you, all your life said, you know what, I don't know, I don't believe about God or whatever. You will have the moment to stand before him and know yeah. this is truth. Yeah. You, can't, you won't be able to deny him. won't be saying, I was right. No. The word of God is true. And there is a God and I am not God. <laughs> Neither are you. Amen. So, uh, but we've been illustrating and about some of the reasons why possibly Many of us are, are the, we seem like the word, if I could say it this way, it seems like it's working in our life. Then it's something that it, the word is not a rabbit's foot. How many hear what I'm saying? You just kind of rub it. Poof, you know, it worked. The word worked. How many know that God will do things for you as an infant believer? Amen. You know, as Jeff did a great with the testimony about tithing. It was amazing. That was a powerful a simple word about how God moved into in a 12-year-old boy and he has affected his life and blessed many, many uh, people in the kingdom of God. And that's just amazing. Just amazing. And so, uh, but, but a lot of times, though, the word of God uh, in our life is stifled. It's stifled. And a lot of it ties into with our sukkah, or our soul, the Greek it talks about. And what happened is, in the garden, in Genesis, from the fall, sin entered in through disobedience. Adam really turned over and handed the keys of the kingdom to Satan is in essence what he did. And Satan came in and our nature became corrupt, the Bible says. And so when we repent and receive Jesus, our spirit man, this is what is saved. 
This is what is born again. It's Nicodemus. Jesus shared with him. He's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean by born again? How can I go back into my mother's womb? And he goes, don't you? You're a teacher in Israel and you don't get it? That's basically what Jesus said. You're, you're this wise teacher. You know all the Torah, all the books of the Old Testament. You have it memorized and you don't understand this? All Nicodemus is going to do is like, I don't know what you mean. And that's why Jesus said, you've got to be born again. The spirit man. And see here, there's a teaching out here. And God has brought us from New England, from a different culture. I come from an Italian culture. Come on. In Irish, that's really toxic. You know, that kind of personality. And I, God brought me out here. And I'm not under the Scandinavian, Norwegian kind of. And I love that. I'm married, a German, and a Norwegian, a Scandinavian. I'm like, they're beautiful people. And I just thought, I love it. But you know what? I don't have the mindset that a lot of the people have out here. I'm, that's not being condescending, but I'm just from a different culture. I mean, when we talk, it's, you know, my wife, when she came to visit the family, there's eight in the family. And so then they have all their friends over. You know, you may have a dozen and a half, two dozen people. Everybody's shouting at the table, eating, grabbing stuff. My wife just sat there like, what have I gotten into? Just different. But and then I come to some families and some people eat out here. Yep. Nobody's saying nothing. <laughs> Come on, let's get stuff going here. Say something. <laughs> how, was, how was the lawn today? It was good. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm just trying to lighten you up. Amen? And so, so I'm not under, I don't think a lot how they think out here. And I think maybe that's a good thing. And it's also toxic at times. And I've put my foot in my mouth many times. Many times. So, but what happens... Uh, when our spirit is saved, watch this, our soul is not. That's right. It's not saved. And this part of us, made up of our mind, our will, and our emotion, that part is not regenerated. That's right. You say, how do you know that? Well, how many remember getting saved? How many remember what it was like when you were born again? Let me see your hand. Most of you, okay? You, you had that encounter. And then all of a sudden, the next day happens. Well, wait a minute. I had this beautiful experience. And next thing I know, I still thought maybe a bad thought or as mad at that. Come on. I was, I kicked the cat and, you know, I, whatever. I don't know. And so you, that soul, that soul needs to be redeemed. It needs to be transformed. All right. That's, that's the word to transform. And so, so your soul didn't get saved when your spirit did. Watch this verse. Interesting. How does the soul get saved or how does the soul get transformed? So get rid of all uncleanliness and all that remains of wickedness. And with a humble spirit, watch this, a humble spirit. What's that next word say? Receive. Come on, shout that. Say it. Receive. That's your part. You got to receive it. Yep. We're going to talk a little about that, Lord willing, here about receiving. Receiving the word of God. What? It's the Bible. Receive the word of God, which is implanted. And actually rooted in your heart. So when you read the word of God, it gets implanted. It gets rooted. Come on, somebody in your heart. When you don't, it doesn't. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but as many translations I've been through, as many times i read through the Bible, I still get revelation out of the implanted word of God. Different verses, same verses. I never saw that. I read that 150 times. What are you showing me, God? That's the God we serve. That's why the word is so powerful actually rooted in your heart but the word does this watch it it's able to save your souls the word is able to transform your soul into the image that god wants us to be transformed now in america we don't have a belief problem we have a practice problem in america now i want you to think about that 
We have a live it out problem in America. We have a discipleship problem in America. And people don't mind in a big corporate setting or whatever to hear, or even maybe in a church setting, but it comes down to that one-on-one and discipleship, that's okay. You leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. And you know, people have been gone on the deep side of the ditch and I've heard crazy things that people saying and doing it, meddling in people's lives. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about a willingness to be discipled, a willingness to be trained, a willingness to someone to speak in to our soul. Ouch. And that, that, sometimes like toads, we just blow up. And we, oh, you know, we don't, I get, I've blown up many times, or a porcupine, you know, leave me alone. And then sometimes I have to cool down and go, yeah, you're right. I, I you know, and that's the beauty about marriage. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Those who've been married a long time know what I'm talking about. That's why God put your spouse in your life. Some of you think it's just so every day they just walk out fresh and new and beautiful, and they are. But then there's days... Sometimes it just stinks. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? You got to deal with stuff. And, and you find out I was wrong in how I responded. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? I was, I was not Christ-like in this. And what happened? And I'm like Fonzie. Yeah, I, was, I was wrong. I'm dating myself now on happy days. He could never apologize. It was like the, it, it was so hard. You know, repentance is a good thing. Repentance, repentance clears the soul. And sometimes we don't even need to repent to God. We need to repent to our spouse. Amen. Amen. I, that's, for some, that's more than for one person here today. I'm going to look back down and I'm going to keep going. Amen. <laughs> so, you know, we have a live it out problem. We have a discipleship problem. And here's the thing. A, deci- excuse me, a discipleship problem is a soul. It's a shuka problem. That's what it is. It's a soul problem. You know, so many people, they lack tenacity today. And I'm just going to say this, and God has made us differently, and every personality and temperament is a blessing and has a strength, but also has a weakness, right? So I have weaknesses that you have strengths, and so I need your strength. So I just want you to know it's an even field here. But one thing I am grateful for, even to my fault, is I have tenacity. We wouldn't be here today if I didn't. I mean, who would wait 20 years, 21 years, and plug away? Listen, I've been into the recent AAMA, and I visit, wait, I got to make sure I said that right, not the AAA, not the alcoholics, all right, no, but the uh, Alexandria Area Ministerial Association, all right, so I said that right, so I'm a part of that, and I haven't been able to go on for a while, but I meet, there's all, there's all new pastors here in this community, young guys, and and, and a, lot of, a lot of pastors, they last four years, six years. Come on, somebody. And, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. I'm still here. God gave us a promise when we started this church that you will have your own building. You will have your own property. Come on, somebody. But it was so easy to quit. It was so easy in my mind, at least. It was like, it should be easy to just, it's not, this is not going to happen. And of all times, you've heard the story, during a pandemic, God says yes. <laughs> Where churches are closed, where steel's going up, people are hiding out. And God says, now's the time. And I'm going to give you the power and the ability to do it. And he did. Amen. He did. It's a mystery. It's a marvel. It's a miracle. It's a miracle in the making. And so, But I have tenacity. And usually in the corporate world today, 
They look for people that have an intelligent quotient. It's called IQ. They're going to be brilliant minds. And then they thought, oh, wait a minute. We need something more than just that. Uh, they need to have emotional quotient. So they've got to be able to have some type of personality. You know, they just can't shove you in a cubicle somewhere. And anytime you go talk to them, it's, ah, you know, they don't know how to relate to people. It's like, what is the deal with this person? Come on, I'm going to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> and and so, so, so they figured, well, let's get someone that has some emotional quote and some maturity there. But, but now the business and corporate world, you know what they're looking at? They are, you know what, in 2022, there was 11, almost 12 million job openings and 4 million people quit the workforce. They just had it. And it's mostly the uh, Gen Z's and then it's uh, the millennials, you know, from 26 to 40 something that's quitting. And even people up in the, you know, my baby, baby boomer areas in the 50s, a lot of them just, they just quit. But mostly it's, it's that younger generation. So now they're looking leaders that have strength of character to sustain their commitment at the workplace. And even during tough times, they're seeing people just jump ship. Yep. They just can't handle it. Now, some of it is good. Some people became creative and said, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? I have no passion for And they follow their passion. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of them just quit because it's too hard. It's too, come on, somebody. It's just, it's just too hard. I'm I don't feel like it. Listen, there's times you got to get and go to work just because you feel Good or bad, doesn't matter. You gotta go. Yeah. You just do it. That's foreign. So I could be on the beach with my laptop. You could be. Maybe not. If not, you don't have that job. You gotta get up. I don't know why I'm on this, but somebody here it is. So now they have what they call TQ, tenacity quote. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for young people that go, I'm gonna stick with it. You make a commitment, you coming? Yes, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to follow through. I made a commitment for six months, a year, two years, five years. I'm going to be here. Some of you think, oh, my goodness, I'm committed to anything. I just want to be free. I just want, come on, somebody, I want to float. I want to be, if this doesn't, anyone ruffles my feathers, I'm out of here. Come on, somebody, man. Some of you just like, oh, my gosh, this guy is wound up today. <laughs> Hallelujah. The great resignation in the workforce. Don't let that be part of you unless you found your purpose. Okay, you say, you know what? God has showed me my purpose in this. And so, so we talked about back in the, let me get on track here. The Garden of Eden where sin entered in and corruption, destruction, evil entered in. A lot happened in our human spirit, in our soul. You know, at that, we see this, this teaching and truth that we lost the Zoe life of God. I don't know if you heard that word, Zoe. Zoe is the God kind of life. We lost that. It actually means the Zoe life of God is, if I could say it like this, you feel so awesome, not just feelings, that's subjective, but you actually are so joyful. You have so much hope, so much expectation that you just know. And that doesn't mean there's not traumatic things happen around you. But you're so hopeful. You have the life of God to know, I'm coming through this. I'm going to make it. I have hope. That's the life of God. We lost that at the fall. We lost it. So that's why we walk around. How you doing? I'm not going to make it today. I don't know if you're going to make it. Depressed. Sad. Feeling like it's all. All is lost. No, it's not. The life of God in us conquers everything. All right? It's what caused Noah, in spite of everyone around, a preacher of righteousness for 120 years, to build an ark. Because God said, build an ark. Hallelujah. 
I welcome all the visitors here today, and uh, we, we bless you. We're so, we are thrilled you are here today putting up with me. So, anyhow, I'm just going to go to where we just shut it down. Amen? So, so we lost that life of God. We lost God's nature. We lost his heavenly wisdom, that connection. We, we lost God's logic, how to deal with things. This was what happened in the fall when sin came in. We lost the ability to see spiritually, mm. to understand the mind of God. All of that was lost. What a, what a horrible, horrible thing to happen. Some of the archives and history about Adam when, when, he, when the realization and spiritual death set in and the spirit man and, and the soul, it was flipped. What happened was is where the spirit had ascendancy. How many understand what I mean by that? The spirit, Adam was ruled by the spirit. It got flipped. And actually, really, the spirit man was shoved down under here. Dormant. Latent. Is that the right word? How many hear what I'm saying? Just, just dormant. And so the, now we have a generation of those who live by their soul. And whatever feeds the body, that's, 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 some, that's the world today. That's, that's it. That's how we live. And this spirit, what the Bible, church, when we come to church, what? Listen, what? Nah, nah. We just live by our soul. Feeds our soul. Whatever, whatever that appetite. That's, that's how the enemy, when he came in because of the fall, when it was all flipped. And so our human soul took dominance over our human spirit. And so now <clears throat> the soul, the sukkah, it rules our life. Now we're talking to those before Christ. That's why I think a lot of, uh, especially believers, that when they become born again, watch this. So we have spirit, soul, and body. When we become born again, what happens is Jesus comes. The spirit of God comes and lives within our spirit man. And he puts it in its right place on top. So that's good. Someone shout good news. So now you're not a victim. That's right. The devil made me do it. My dad was a drunk. My mom, she had an anger problem. My, you know, this, the, the lust problem. It's a gambling. I couldn't break free. You know, I'll always be like this. That's a lie. So you actually have now, as a Christian, you actually have the ability to overcome. So what do you need to overcome? What is God telling you that he wants to overcome within you? Stop the curse. Stop the curse in your family. How do you do it? By allowing the spirit man to control the soul. <laughs> but don't be discouraged. Here's the thing. A lot of believers, they come to Christ and they're told that you're a Christian. You're born again. You have a new creature in Christ Jesus. And, and then you sin. You screw up. You mess up. How many hear what I'm saying? And you're defeated. This is who I am. This, I can't overcome this. I got this anger problem. I got this jealousy problem. I got this whatever problem it is. And you allow the enemy to beat you up and you get so discouraged. And how many know that's a lie? That's right. Amen. That is a lie in Jesus' name. And so Satan comes in and he condemns. You know, how many know that's why God's grace is so important? Amen. Isn't that right? Yeah. The grace of God is here. You stumble, you fall. How many know that you have an advocate? With the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Come on, somebody. That you can go to and say, you know what, Lord, I stumbled, I fall. You don't lose your salvation. You don't, you don't become unsaved because you sin. Someone, you, someone needs to hear this this morning. And so you struggle with it. And so, those, so there's this, this battle at times. Paul even says about his flesh and his spirit. And he talks about it. But thanks be to God and Jesus Christ that he's caused us to overcome. And we don't have to live in that condemnation. How many with me say Amen. amen. 
So that's why abiding in the vine, and we heard that word, abiding in the word is so vital. Here's the thing. You will never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever come to the place where you don't need to read God's word. That's right. Never. Never. Come on, somebody. Ne- never. Where you don't need to really pray, to worship, to fellowship with God's people. As a Christian, that's mode of operation. That, that's it. Listen, I, you have to have, this is the mindset you have to have. I'm going to die doing this. For the rest of my life. You know, I enjoyed weightlifting while I was, just before I got into the Marine Corps. And I started at 15 years old. That's 43 years ago. And um, I went through different seasons or whatever, but it was very faithful. Sometimes it was when I was a young kid, two and a half hours a day, you know, working out and all that. And, and I wanted to go into the bodybuilding world and be a professional weightlifter and powerlifter. And God had other plans for my life, but I still lift. I enjoy it. I feel like when I go work out, all the poison leaves my body. Come on, somebody. Some of you athletes, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like, I feel so good now. Now, the older I get, I may feel like I feel so good, but I may walk a little slow. Come on. <laughs> Amen. But, but I, I enjoy that. But with tenacity, going back to tenacity, I stuck with it. And I still enjoy it today. I will die being a weightlifter. Amen. Just made up my mind. I don't, have to wait. I don't have to wake up one day and say, I'm done. I'm doing it. Now, in midlife crisis, I started and quit a lot of things. For five years, I was a triathlete. I'm done with that. I can't run anymore. I got custom orthotics in my feet because of that. I ran so much. I did 25 plus triathlons in five years. Cycled, swam, biked. I loved it at the time. Then I got into a Harley. Come on, Harley guys. I still like motorcycles. Did that with the skull cap and whatever for five years. Sold the Harley. I had to spend time with the kids. Come on, somebody. And I love bikes and I, I love mechanics. I love things like that. But but I've stuck with that. And what am I trying to say about tenacity is important. Being consistent. You've got to have this. I'm going to die doing this mindset. You've got to have that. that. If you don't have that, you're not going to make it. Oh, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Watch this. I just put this down because I think this is important. I believe Dutch Sheets has this in his book, uh, Becoming Who You Are. He says, your unsaved soul is the deciding factor on whether or not your Christ-likeness within you will be released out of your born-again spirit into your soul. You see that? This soul right here is the one that made up the mind, will, emotion. So you can hear truth like even now, but you can walk out here and go, I don't know if I agree with that. You know, he said something right, ah, 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 and you're dismissing freedom in your life. Don't do that. I want to encourage you not to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the thing. Watch this. If you don't engage the battle to keep your relationship with God alive, you will lose it. Amen. There is no, like in the Marine Corps, we have, a, we have a march and there's left turn, right turn, forward march, and about face. There's all these, but one of them is called marking time. And in the Marines, they mark time. They just stand there like this with their rifle, whatever, holding and they're marking time until there's a command and then they go. That's just in most all the branches. There's a command, mark time. There is no marked time in the Christian faith. I'm just here waiting. I'm waiting on Jesus. Hey, waiting is active. It's not passive. Waiting on the Lord is, is active. It's a verb. I'm waiting upon the Lord. And so I'm serving, I'm doing, I'm giving, I'm loving, I'm worshiping, I'm praying, I'm reading. Come on, somebody. All right? There's no. So you're either moving forward with God or you're going back. Amen? Oh, praise God. You are alive today. That is good news. Amen. 
I'm almost done here. So the unsaved soul, it's the deciding factor whether or not that, that Christ-likeness within you is going to be released out of your born-again spirit. And here's the thing. Your spirit, excuse me, your physical body serves whoever is in control. Do it this way for illustration purposes. Whoever is in control. The body is going to serve whoever. You have a choice. Let me do that right. And we want our spirit man to rule. Stand with me if you would, please. Worship team, we can come forward. Lord willing, I didn't even get into stealing the word. We'll, Lord willing, get into that next week about how the enemy comes in to steal the word immediately. Immediately. Somebody say immediately. So what you've heard right now here, and I believe on the unction of the spirit of God, Satan wants to steal the word. Now, got to pay attention right now. Satan wants to steal a word. And we'll get into some specifics. How does he do that? And a lot of it is just, it's not, you know, brain surgery. It's very simple. Simple little things, how the enemy comes in and steals the word that was sown. And so when we talked about today about having your spirit, being led by the spirit, that's what God wants to happen this week. Now, I don't know about you, but many times I stumble and fall. But I get back up. Come on. Amen. If you fall, fall forward. Gain six foot one inch. Amen. Amen. Or whatever, how tall you are. <laughs> yeah, fall, fall forward. Get back up. Lord, forgive me. Wash me. Come on, somebody. Cleanse me. Purify my mind and my heart, God. I know, I know I'm saved, but I've been ruled by my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. It's unregenerated. But Lord, I thank you for your cleansing power that I am your son. I am your daughter. And Lord, I just get back up and I press in. So I get back into the word. I get back. Come on, somebody. That's the battle. That's the battle that we face. That's the battle that you face. And the enemy wants to get it that you mess up, you screw up, and your soul, you feel like, wow, it's running my life. It's ruining my life. And, and he wants you just to draw back. Draw back. Just, I can't walk this walk. I can't do this. That's a lie of the enemy. I said that's a lie of the enemy. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. <clears throat> God has given you the ability in your spirit man, a spirit woman, to overcome the flesh. To overcome every lie of the enemy. Even though something has happened to you in your mind, will, emotion, abuse, pain, whatever it is, God can heal through that power. Everything you need in this life is in your spirit. That recreated spirit to overcome. Everything you need is in your spirit right now to overcome. Hallelujah. Every head bow, please. Every head bow. You're here this morning. And I feel God here. And why do I feel God here? Because I feel his presence. It's penetrating lies. And this is what the enemy doesn't want. He doesn't want the facade to come down. He doesn't want the strongholds, the arguments. He doesn't want that to come down. He wants that to have in people's minds that there's barriers. There's barriers. And the Lord is here with his grace, with his love with his forgiveness, with his restoration, with his arms wide open for every single one of you. Every single one of you. God's arms are wide open. Will you receive what he has for you here today? With every head bowed, you say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. This is a great day. This is an amazing day. Why is it special? It's special because Jesus is here. That's what matters. Jesus is here to save you. So what do you mean save me? What we've been talking about. If your spirit does not have the life and Zoe of God in it, you can have that today. How do you get that? You get that 
simply, even though it's very costly, you get that simply by humbling yourself. If you head bow, please. Receiving God into your life. Saying, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I have transgressed your ways. I have been disobedient. I've been a spiritual criminal. That's heavy. That's harsh. But that's the reality. When you come to that place and recognize, God, I need you in my life. That's when God's Spirit comes in. And you ask for repentance. He fills you with His presence. He comes in. He switches the power of the soul and the body and now gives you the advantage. You now have the advantage over that Spirit. God's Spirit in your human spirit if you allow it and let it. If that's you, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to get right with God. I need my spirit born again. With every head bowed, pray with me. You're not joining this church, but you are joining the family of God. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross from my sin. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Save me. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Come into my spirit. Save me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.